0: Me, because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better, so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap three people, high five, and say, you better obey. You better obey. (laughs) You better obey. Well, praise the Lord. Open up your note sheet, and let's get ready to go. We've been focused all year long on tremendous fruitfulness, bearing fruit in our lives, going to another level. And I couldn't be more proud of us. I am so proud of us as a church. I'm so proud of us individually as the different testimonies and things that I see. Um, people are really stretching and bearing fruit for the things that I've been teaching. And, it, you know, nothing blesses me more as a pastor than to see people grow. See people get it and to grow into another level of fruitfulness. And this is just before this year is over, I'm telling you, we're just not going to recognize ourselves. We're just going to push all the way through to the end of the year, this fruitfulness thing, until we just don't even recognize who we are. So we've been looking over the last 10 or 11 weeks at the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. because it's his job to lead us into fruitful lives. Amen. Lives that glorify God. We have to abide in the vine. He says because without me, He said I'm the vine, you're the branches. He says um, without me, you can do nothing. If you abide, if we abide in Him, we'll bear much fruit. But apart from Him, apart from the Holy Spirit, and being constantly aware of Him every single day, see, we don't live by the letter of the law anymore. We live a spirit-led life, knowing the Word of God. So everything that that, that gives us a, an anchor. The Word of God gives us an anchor because everything that the Holy Spirit teaches us or tells us should line up with that Word, right? So that gives us a check and a balance to know that we're anchored in that Word. But the Holy Spirit walks with us and He talks with us and He's telling you about things that are ahead. He, tells you, he warns you about things and tells you go this way or go that way. It's a Spirit-led life, not a boring, stale, go-by-the-rules life. We go by the word out of a heart that loves God. I'm not trying to like earn my way there. I'm already his child. Amen. I'm already his child. And he loves me and he's leading me in this life because he has more for me than just to get my life right or to get my ticket punched for heaven. There's more. There's fruitfulness in our lives that he wants us to do. There's ministry in each and every one of us. We are not here just to sit on a bump, like a bump on a log, waiting on our turn to go to heaven. But there's something that he has for you to do tomorrow. Something he has for you to do the next day. that... That you get grown up and get so full of the word that where you go, it just overflows out of you on everybody. You're so instant. You're hearing the voice of the spirit. You recognize someone who's hurting. You recognize somebody feels hopelessness in their heart. And we've got the hope. We got the stuff they need. Amen. Oprah don't have it. Dr. Phil don't have it. We got it. Amen. We have it. We have the power. Say, I got the power. The power of the Holy Spirit to give us a word of wisdom, to give us a word of knowledge, to give us faith to go through a situation or to believe God for something when everybody else can't believe for it. Amen. He, he, the, the Holy Spirit, he gives us tongues and interpretation, prophetic words, miracles, signs and wonders. He's still doing all of that. Amen. And he's doing it through us, through the church. And he said, we should never be defeated. That not even the gates of hell can stand against us, against the church. Not even the gates of hell can stand against us or hold out against us. Amen. So we should be living lives that are really glorifying God. And I just feel like we've just turned this church. I just feel like in the last 12 weeks, we have just turned from, from where we were to really fully where God wants us to go. And I'm super excited about it. So today, as we're looking at this Holy Spirit-led life, I wanted to talk to you about obedience. Because it does no good for Him to lead if we don't discern His voice and obey. So if he, he could be talking all day long, but we're not listening. God is saying this morning, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? He's talking. And, and we just have to listen and obey. Amen? So let's talk about obedience. But first, let's talk about the Holy Spirit-led life, okay? Kind of a, a little bit of a review. Number one, our new life in Christ is a life of being led, being led, being led by the Spirit. And remember, I told you that the devil drives you. But the Holy Spirit leads you. And you know, we can do a whole lot just through wisdom. And just through gaining the wisdom of God in our situations. You know, if you want more wisdom, read more Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs. And if you read one chapter of Proverbs a day. Just like like tomorrow, what's the date tomorrow? Today's the what? The 15th, 16th? What's today? Today's the 15th. Tomorrow's the 16th. So tomorrow, read Proverbs chapter 16. And get wisdom in your life. And wisdom goes a long way. But... Hearing the spirit of wisdom with you every single day, talking to you about your specific situations, now that's something right there. So being led by the spirit of God, that, that's the new life that we have. Galatians 5.25, it says, since we are living by the spirit, would you underline that? Since we're living by the spirit, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives. He has something to say about everything that you do. Every part of your life, every decision that you make, he has an opinion. And if we seek him for it, we can't lose. Amen? Amen? Romans eight fourteen. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Romans eight twelve through 14. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? See, the way we lived before Christ, we did what we wanted to do. We did like we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. We didn't, we didn't ask anybody. We didn't owe nobody. We did whatever we wanted to do. But see, we don't, we don't, that's not who we are anymore. Amen. He has the right to tell us what to do. We have to get that down in our spirit and say, he has the right to tell me what to do. I'm not my own anymore. I've been bought with a price. So I don't owe that old do it myself life. I don't owe it anything. Verse 13, there's nothing in it for us. The children of God, there's nothing in that kind of a life anymore. It says nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial and get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. Would you underline that? There are things to do and places to go. Tomorrow for you, God has things for you to do and places for you to go. It's about more than just you. It's about you pouring out God to other people. Galatians 5.25 in the Message Translation, it says, Since this kind of life we have chosen, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold it as an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. Hallelujah. All right, number two, He leads us, the Holy Spirit, He leads us into the good things God has prepared for us. So God has prepared good stuff for us, but the Holy Spirit is the one who leads you into it. Sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's knowing the, the timing of the Spirit to be led into this good thing or this good season in your life. It's, it's knowing the timing of God. But God's got a plan for good stuff for all of us. Amen? you got to believe that and allow Him to lead you to it. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster. So he's got plans for good for you and me, right? Do do we all see that? He has plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So I don't care who came in feeling hopeless. That's the word in my spirit this morning when I got up. Somebody's feeling hopeless in this place. I know it by the spirit. Or maybe it's somebody who will watch online or hear it on the on the app. But somebody is feeling hopeless. But I came to tell you today, you are never hopeless. That God has a future and a hope on His mind for you. And if you can just get in line with the Holy Spirit and let Him lead you into those good things and that good future and that good health. You know, sometimes it's just you got to let go. Let go of worry. Let go of the stress. Worrying is not going to change it. Worrying is not going to change it. So just take your hands off of it. Everybody just do this. Just let it go. Just let it go. Brenda, let it go. Chandra, y'all let it go. Let it go again, Brenda. Let it go again. Let it go. Let it go. Because many times as you take it back from God, you've got to send it on back. Because you might decide you're going to worry about it ten minutes from now. Send it on back. Amen? That's who he is and that's what he does. Whew. Okay so he's got a good future and a good hope on his mind for us and the holy spirit's the one called along beside you to lead you into it. Psalm 84:11 for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And you may have made some mistakes in your past, but that's not who you are right now. You may have made some mistakes this morning, but you're still a child of God and he still loves he still loves you and that he has not changed his mind. God has not changed his mind about the good things he has on his mind for you. Somebody is dealing with condemnation this morning. God, even if you made a bad choice, God has not changed his mind about the good stuff and the good plans that he has for you. Amen. Amen. You all hear me this morning. Your mistakes cannot separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Height, nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, nor things in the future, things in the past, nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So even your own mistakes, even though you feel hopeless, you are never hopeless. Amen. Then 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So, so who reveals the the good things God has for us? Do we need to read that again? Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, hasn't even entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him, but he reveals them to us through through his spirit. So that's part of what the spirit does is he reveals the good things God has for you. So take your mind off things that the devil is putting in your mind and telling you you ain't never going to be nothing, or this is never going to work, or you're never going to get it, or that promotion is going to go to somebody else. Shoo those out of your brain. Don't don't allow the devil to do all the talking. And you just begin to say, God, as you are revealing these things to me through your spirit. I declare there's no devil in hell that can get in my mind to keep me from seeing the revelation knowledge of God for where he wants to take me. Amen. That good stuff. So, so let the Holy Spirit lead you to the good things he has for you. I'm here to tell you today that he is a good guy. And he has good things on his heart for you. And God's not mad at you. I don't know who needs to hear that this morning. God is not mad at you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He knew you'd mess up while his son bled and died on the cross for you. Father, forgive them so they know not what they do. He took it. He took it all. He didn't just take some. He said, it is finished. And he finished redeeming you. Amen. You are finished. You've been bought back. Amen. You need to walk in the joy of that. You ought to walk with your hands raised and just a smile on your face knowing that you, that you just can't get out of God's grace. You can't run away from His goodness. Amen. Amen. All right. So the third thing He leads you in or the third number three is He leads us in transformation. It's not the will of God for you to stay like you are. We are progressively being transformed. You might say, well, Pastor, you just wouldn't believe how much I've changed since the first of the year. You just wouldn't believe how much I've changed. Right, Yuri? Right, Yuri? Just wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe how much Yuri is changing this year. Wasn't it just about a year ago I met you? Man, I'll tell you, his life was changed. He sent me a text this week telling me how much his life has changed. He said, I was antisocial before I came to your church. He said, but now I'm social. He hollered out at church a little, while. He, a little while ago. He he normally would sit back in the back over there when church was over and wouldn't talk to nobody. Waited on Metro Lift to come again. Wouldn't say anything to anybody. Now, last week he was at the kitchen just talking bad about everybody that's not a Cowboys fan. <laughs> the kitchen staff was like, who is that talking? Was that Yuri? But I mean, he's... He's like, "Uh, what else did you say you've learned since you've been at this church, Yuri? Well, how's God changed you? Come up here. Come up here. Come on, Yuri. Y'all give him a hand. He wouldn't ever smile. Now I just live to see him smile. But you know what? You know, you know what? When, when I found out that he was having a rough time, he would, he would send me a text. You know, several times a day, say, Pastor, I have the spirit of loneliness. Would you pray for me? I say, yes, Yuri, I pray for you. And he said, Pastor, I have the spirit of suicide. Would you pray for me? Mm-hmm. I'd pray for him. Many times he would send me a text all day long telling me that. So I said, I can't, we, well, uh, Jennifer took him to go get a soda and just talked to him one night. I said, well, I'll, I'll go get him tomorrow. He wouldn't drive. He just stayed at home in a room by himself. He didn't do anything. Right. Just sit in that room. I said, I'd be depressed too. Come on, let's go do something. So I bought us a football, a nerve football, and we just threw the football in the parking lot, and I started to see that smile right there. I said, "Oh yeah There's there 's something in there, yeah, then I took him golfing. Here's a, here's golf, and here 's this, how I golf. yeah, this is Yuri woods he pulls, he pulls he pulls the club back like this, and then he hits it <laughs> he 's got the Yuri paws. <laughs> But that ball, I'm telling you, you can't see it. It goes so far. But, but so then I started to see him smile and and do like this. And, and so just tell about the things that you've learned since you've been here.
1: I've been learning about the word of God and stuff like that. And we're not on the, um, we're not on the law no more. And when Jesus died, he died for our present, past, and future sins. You know, all we got to do is just believe on him and good. And then, and then I've been learning how to, um, Pick up a tray. How to build? I, I can build my own house right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's helping out Kenneth back, right? Yeah. Yeah. Part-time yeah. job. Yeah,
0: yeah. he's been, been going to work with Kenneth, and, yeah. and he and, takes care of this place. And what else do you drive now?
1: Yeah, I drive now everywhere I go. Before, before I used to always have my sister, a cousin, Robert to come.
0: I would come get you. The Black
1: Superman. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, but he was afraid of dogs. Yeah. So I said, we got to get you out of that room. If I can't come get you and you just want to come to the church, I gave him a key to the church. And I said, just, I got him a, a taser. I said, you just hit that taser and go, <clears throat> and it'll just scare any dog off. I've, d- I've done it before watching. They're like, what was that? I don't want to mess with him. He making noises like that. So I gave him a taser, and he started walking up here. He walked up here like twice, maybe? Twice. Yeah, then he got the car running. And came up here, but it's been progressively. Yeah. He's been transformed. Just because he keeps coming. Yeah. And he's a blessing to this church. He does anything that needs to be swapped, uh uh mopped or cleaned or
1: He's the church bouncer too. Yeah.
0: But but God is transforming his life. He said, I've learned how to pray. I've learned, he's just learned so much. He sent me the longest text that just blessed my heart because it blesses me to know somebody's getting it. Somebody's growing. Amen. But as much as he's grown, he can't stop. He can't stop right here. There's ministry in this man. There's, there's good stuff. He's full of good stuff. He's, I saw him greeting this morning with a big smile. He used to hide from us, y'all. But now he's greeting with a big smile, big smile. I mean, look what the Lord has done. Look what he's done. Y'all ought to be proud because you know what? Y'all made him feel welcome. Always. Talk about that.
1: Y'all have been a big blessing to my life. This church, you know, y'all just come. My family, they, you know, they treat me wrong. Y'all came and nursed me and treat me like brothers and sisters. And I like it. And friends, y'all.
0: Yeah. yeah, I thank y'all so much. One day he'll get it right and be a Texans fan. No, but growing, we should always be trans- transformed. Amen. We're constantly being transformed. So as much as he's grown, I mean, think next year if he keeps on this pace, Yuri's going to be preaching or something. I mean, praise the Lord or sharing his faith or praying with people. We we got some work to do on on some do on them on some areas. We got some areas need to be worked on. But, amen. amen. Right, Yuri. Amen. <laughs> and see, that's part of it: admitting and saying, "Yeah, I got some areas I need to work on." When the Holy Spirit shows you, you know, you don't say Ugh, and just ignore it. Say, "Come on, let's fix me." What do we got? What do I? How can I correct my behavior? Could I apologize? Could I just all of a sudden just begin to be nice where I normally would be mean? I heard a story about a woman who was having fights with her husband. And so they said, well, let's just, you go to your room and I'll go to my room. We'll talk about it when we can calm down. So she went to her room and prayed one of those prayers. God, you see how he's treating me. And God said, I see it. Yes, I do see it. Now go cook him his favorite meal. What? Yeah. Yeah, see, that changes something in you. And then then let God work on him. Amen? So we have to constantly let the Holy Spirit show us things about ourselves that need to change. Amen? And cooperate with him. It's called pruning. He prunes us if we're bearing fruit. He prunes us if we don't bear fruit. So we're pruned if we do. We're pruned if we don't. But we still need to let him prune us. Amen? So that we can grow into Christ-like maturity. So we'll blossom and we'll flourish as the Holy Spirit leads us. Look at, isn't it wonderful to see Yuri smile? To see him blossoming and flourishing. He's running things. He has a key. He stays here. He takes care of everything. If I need to let somebody in, I trust him. I, I trust him with my life. I, I mean, I trust him with this church. I trust him with y'all. And he's grown to that place. Amen? Amen. But he's got to keep growing. Amen. It's good to see somebody flourish. It's good, and God loves it too. So 2 Corinthians 3.18 in the message says, All of us, nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of his face, and so we are transfigured much, much like the Messiah. Look at this. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. We go from glory to glory to glory to glory. I feel like I must be to the polishing stage by now. Oh myself, God! Can't we get stopped with the sandpaper? Okay, okay. (laughs) Let's just get to the polishing. Yeah, back to the just to the polishing. I'm ready for just the massage stage. (laughs) Amen. The amplified version says, "Constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever increasing splendor, and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from who? The Lord, who is the so it comes. This transformation comes from the Holy Spirit." So it's through Him that we're transformed. So we continue to walk and and we manifest His fruits and His nature. The very nature of God begins to be seen in us where we used to be haters. Amen. Or we used to act ugly. Or we used to be impatient. Suddenly we become patient or we become better human beings. Amen. Galatians 5.22. This is what happens when you spend time with God and you let Him live through you. It's not about just spending time with Him and coming out and still being mean. It's about going in and having to talk with him, let him show you something and come out and and be determined to change. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is what bubbles up out of you. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, like, Mom, how long have you been saved, Mom? (laughs) Forever. Forever? (laughs) Seventy years she's been saved. Is God still showing you things that you need to change? Oh, See, even even that you. How old are you? 71 <laughs> I'm eighty-two. She's eighty-two, and God is still showing her things to change. Right? Amen. I'm not just making you say something. God she still shows. Show- yes. yes. She, don't look she sure don't. She's still learning. So I don't care who you are, how long you've been serving God. He's always going to be changing you, and and. Perfecting you, amen yeah, still you. baby he said he's still he 's still working on me too, but I 'd look back and I marvel at the transformation that's taken place in my life over the years, even when I got saved, I was still mean as a snake. I was mean, I was horrible, y'all, I was like aggressive. I was a perfectionist. I drove everyone crazy with everything had to be perfect all the time. Mom's laughing because she knows. I was demanding. I mean, I was so demanding. I was awful. You didn't have to say yes that loud, Chandra. (laughs) Kenta, don't say nothing. (laughs) Don't say nothing. No, I was terrible. I was awful. I can look back. I wouldn't say it back then. I thought I was just fine. They got a problem. It's not me. But God began to show me, and I began to lose friendships and relationships that I cared about. And God said, what's the common denominator? (laughs) Yeah, me. I'm the common denominator. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to change the way that I act. It's not worth it. It's really not worth it. So I just marvel at how he's transformed my life over the years. And it's been, you know, sometimes it's those things that crush you and break you that we despise, that really, it makes you better. It makes you better. Yeah. It really does make you better. So number four, he leads us to win the daily battle between our flesh and the spirit. You're in a daily battle to either let your flesh rule or let your spirit rule. And your flesh wants to act ugly. Your, fr- your flesh doesn't want to have any discipline. Flesh do not want to be told what to do. Flesh wants to do what it wants to do, but, but being, walking in the spirit means self-control. Wasn't that one of them? Self-control. It means discipline. It means self-control. Like I got controls on me. And I know my, my first pastor's wife used to say, we have a chooser right here. Remember that Jack? She'd say, we have a chooser right here. And it's kind of like a switch. You can put it on spirit ruled or you can put it on flesh ruled. But it's up to us to decide what we're going to be. It's with the soul area that we decide what we're going to do, whether I'm going to live by the Spirit or whether I'm going to act out in my flesh and everybody's going to know it. See, some things that we do in the flesh we want to blame on the devil. But works of the flesh are pretty gnarly. Fits, outbursts of wrath, rage. That's, you know, a lot of really bad things can happen just because of our flesh and our sinful nature. I mean, Jesus came to redeem us from that. Amen? To set us free from that. And sometimes it's a progressive thing, but as soon as you know to better, know to do better, you can do better. Can do better. Once you know better, you can do better. Yeah. Amen. Once you know better, you can do better. Cause I remember I used to be so emotional. I'd get so emotional about everything. And my first pastor just looked at me and said, you don't have to cry about everything. I said, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I thought that's just how I was. That's how I am. I'm just so sensitive. Well, you don't have to be sensitive. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You can, I could have some control over my emotions. I have control over my flesh, over my outbursts, over my acting a fool. I have control over myself. And the Holy Spirit helps you to have that uh, control. Amen? All right, so this battle that we have between our flesh and our spirit, look at it in Galatians 5.17. For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit. Just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness, these two ways of life are antithetical. And that was a big old word. I had to look it up. Five dollar word means directly opposed, mutually incompatible. So that means that this spirit life, this free spirit life and this selfish life, self-centered life, selfish life and the spirit life, they're incompatible. They're directly opposed. It's like when you turn a battery around backwards. You can't stick them together. So we can't live that way. So you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. One day you just in faith believe in God. Oh, the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. And then the next day in the depths of depression. See, it ought not be that way. Or, or being selfish the next day, or doing what you want to do the next day, rather than doing your God thing. It says, so you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a flesh-law-dominated existence? We're going to let that just see lie for a minute. Set that right there and just chew on it. All right, so let's look at obedience how to walk in obedience through the power of the Holy Spirit. So number one, to be led by the Spirit means to develop a sensitivity and obedience to His voice as He leads and guides us through life and ministry. So I, would you underline ministry right there? Because it's about more than just Him leading you through life. Let me just make it through this life. Get to the end of my dash, whatever year it's going to be, and I just made it through life. No, there's much more in you than just life. There's, God, God has appointed you and anointed you to do some things and make, an, make an, a difference, to be a, di- a doer and a difference maker, to make a difference in people's lives. You know, on the day that you go home to be with Jesus, people will say, man, that person really gave out of themselves. Let God use them. Boy, what, what greater, greater thing could we do to be kind and good to others and let God use us? Amen. To live not for ourselves, but to live for the benefit of others. To be kind and to do good things and to, to, to tell people about Jesus and about what a difference he's made in our lives. Amen. So the ministry, you have a ministry in you. And it's through sensitivity and obedience to the Holy Spirit that he guides you into that ministry. Your flesh ain't never going to feel like f- praising God. Your flesh ain't never going to feel like serving God. Your flesh ain't never going to feel like witnessing So you have to get out of your flesh and that selfish, I want to do what I want to do nature and let the Spirit of God rise up so that you can live out of the Spirit rather than out of self. Amen. I know what I'm talking about here. All right, John 14, 23, it says, If anyone loves me, this is Jesus, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Could anything be more precious than that scripture right there? My part is just to obey obey the Spirit, obey the Word, obey obey what He tells me to do minute by minute, that the Father will love Him and we will come to Him and make our home with Him. That's so precious. James one twenty two. Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Would you underline that? Do what it says. Luke 6.46 says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Woo. Jesus said on the day of judgment, many people are going to say, Lord, Lord. He's going to say, hey, I never knew you. I prophesied in your name. I preached in your name, but I never knew yet. You didn't have that intimate relationship with you where I tell you to do this and you say yes. That, that intimate relationship. Amen. So obedience, what does it mean? It means more than compliance and conformance. It means respect. I respect God enough to listen for his voice and when I hear it, yes, sir. Discipline. Obedience means pliability. I'm willing to shift, Lord. Yeah, I was going to do this, but I'm willing to shift and do this first and then do that. I'm willing to change my, rearrange my whole schedule today. Yes, sir. When he puts something on your heart, do you, and I'm telling you, there's more joy in doing that. Than if you'd have done it your own way and ignored him. Pliability, submissiveness, meekness. See these words sound weak, don't they? It takes a whole lot more power to be meek than it does to be a fool. Meekness, yielded. Hearing the Holy Spirit and obeying is about yielding. You know when you're driving and you have to, you see the sign that says yield. What does that mean? Slow down, allow the other person, prefer the other person. See, that's the same thing with the Spirit. Slow down and let God show you what to do. Amen? Amen. To just yield to what He's saying to you. What you feel Him, that inner witness, that inner voice, that still small voice. I yield. Well, This is what I was going to do, but I'm going to change everything right now. This is what we're going to do. Amen. So number two, meekness is not weakness, but power under control. That's so powerful right there. When Jesus was praying in the garden and he said, Lord, if it's possible, please let this cup pass from me. I don't really want to go to the cross and die. I don't really want to get whipped on my back. I don't really want my my hands to be nailed. I don't want my feet to be nailed. I I really don't want to do that. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. That's what I'm talking about right there, being yielded. I don't want to do this. I'd rather eat some ice cream and go to bed, but I will call that person. That really gets on my nerves, but, Lord, you're putting them on my heart to call. They must need you right now, and they must need the, the you that's in me right now. Yeah. Sometimes people just need God to have some skin on him. Oh, huh? oh, yeah. yes. Matthew 5, 5, blessed, happy, blithesome. I don't know what that is, but it must be good. Joyous, spiritually prosperous. With life, joy, and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the meek, the mild, patient, long-suffering, for they shall inherit the earth. If I'll just lower myself, if I'll... See, if you want to go high with God, you got to go low. The lower you go, the higher He'll lift you up. He said, if you'll humble yourself, I'll exalt you. But if you exalt yourself, get ready. <laughs> you get ready. You're going to get humble. So you got to go low so he can take you high. Amen. Matthew twenty three eleven. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. So I want you to all remember today. I'm a servant. I'm here to serve. When the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest in the kingdom, Jesus showed them. He showed them who was the greatest. He got up and girded himself with a the towel. They were, Could you imagine the disciples arguing in front of Jesus about which one of them was the greatest? He's about to die for all of us. And they're arguing about which one of them is the greatest? Jesus took off the, 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 clo- the clothing, his dinner clothes, and he put on a servant's apron. And he filled up a basin with water and he went around and he washed all the disciples' feet. He said, do you see what I've done? You see what I've done? You do this for one another. The greatest among you shall be your servant. You say, you see someone sitting at the table being served and you see someone serving the table. Which one is greater? The one serving or the one being served? In the world, you'd say, well, the one being served is greater. No, not in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven, the one is greater that is serving. So I want you to remember... That to be great in the kingdom of heaven, you've got to decide, I'm here to serve. Lord, whatever you need for me, I'm here to serve. I mean, don't we owe it to him? Don't we owe it to love him and to love people more than we love ourselves? So number three, be sensitive to opportunities to share the love of God through acts of giving and kindness. Matthew twenty five thirty four 34 through 36, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Look at all those different ways that there are to serve, to feed someone, give someone something to drink, just a bottle of water. Says, I care about you first. I'm not trying to shove down your throat my religion or my philosophy. I want you to know God loves you. Just with no strings attached, here's a bottle of water. It's hot outside. Or make a meal for someone who's like, here's a perfect opportunity this week. Sylvia and Alfred's had surgery. Sylvia's going to be taking care of Alfred when they get home. It'd be nice if we took meals so that she wouldn't have to cook. As an opportunity. I was hungry and you fed me. Not that she can't cook for herself, but isn't that a kind thing to do? To just show the love of God, Amen. Um, I was a stranger, and you took me in, or gave me a hug, or you know, I was a stranger, and I needed help. You 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 did something for me. To let me know. I was naked, and you clothed me. You know, if somebody you know somebody has been wearing the same shoes for a long time, you could just send them an anonymous gift card to a shoe store. Somebody who wears the same thing all the time. You can tell their kids need something. You just give them an anonymous gift card that says, Here, get get some clothes for the kids or something like that. And with a note that says, God loves you. You could do something kind for somebody. I was sick and you visited me. Somebody who's in the hospital or somebody who's having a rough time. You know, we live so separated now because of social media. I feel like I know what's going on with you and I'll just send you this emoji. emoji. Instead of... Coming to see about you or taking them some food or taking them something. That's the way we, that's old school. That's the way we used to do it. Amen. Amen. That's the way we really need to get back to doing. Amen. I was in prison and you came to me. Imagine how you would feel if you were in prison. If there's somebody you know, send them a card or a letter or something and just say, I'm thinking about you. Here's some pictures from the outside. Send them some pictures of off your Facebook of stuff that you've done lately and just. Say hi. Second Peter 1.4 says, so that you may be partakers of the divine nature. So that's the divine nature of God is to, is to be giving and to, and to care about what's going on with other people, to get personally involved, to decide I'm going to be a committee of one and I'm going to get involved in this situation. The Good Samaritan stopped and got personally involved with a person who was broken and bruised by life. Luke 10, 33 through 37, but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion. But see, the priest and a, and a, and a, and a Pharisee saw him and walked by on the other side. But don't we do that like every day, man? There's people out there holding signs, people laying on the streets, laying on the sidewalks. I've never seen so many homeless, displaced people. But isn't that what we do? We walk on the other side and we don't get involved. And sometimes it can feel scary to get involved. Is this person gonna cut me? Try to take my rings? Is this, you know, what's, you know, we, we feel like that. And we should be cautious if you feel the Holy Spirit telling you, be, be cautious, be careful. But we should try to get involved with some. God should be saying, yeah, talk to that one. That one just needs a hug. Give that one, just give him a bottle of water. Five bucks. Give him, give him something. But it says, so he, as he journeyed, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, what happened to us? Why don't we have any compassion anymore? What's happened to us? So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he sent him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, which is two coins, took out some money, gave it to the innkeeper, gave him his debit card, and said, Here. Take care of him. What, whatever more you spend, when I come again, I'll repay you. So send me a text and I'll, I'll give you some more money for whatever it is to get this guy back on his feet. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed him mercy. And then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Likewise. So you have to ask God, number four, to fill your heart with Compassion. Why don't we have any compassion? Why have we turned our hearts off to people who are suffering? Because there's so many? Because we're afraid? We need God to show us what it is that's causing us to not have compassion. Jesus had compassion. It says here in Matthew nine thirty six. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. So compassion is to feel sympathy, but to get involved. Jesus was moved with compassion. Moved with compassion, he healed them. Moved with compassion. Compassion, he fed the 5,000. He was moved with compassion. So let compassion move you. Compassion should be so stirred up in you that it causes you to move and get involved. Kenta showed up on my doorstep when he was 14 years old at my photography studio. I was coming back from lunch, and uh, he... That's, that was him when he was, look, look how cute. (laughs) That was about a year later. That baby is so precious. And he showed up on my doorstep, my doorstep at my office. I had come back from lunch and there he was on the porch and he looked to be about, he was much bigger there. He put on some weight, but he was very thin, very, so he's still a very thin person, but, but when he was, he, he just looked like he was about 11. And he had ridden his bicycle up there and his bike was leaning against the porch. So I got out of my car and said, can I help you? And he said, yes, I was just wondering if there's um, any work I can do so I can buy me some school clothes. I said, get in the car. Let's go get you some school clothes right now. Amen. So we got in the car. We went and got him some school clothes. I said, we'll talk about work when we get back. So we, I took him to Wieners. Everybody remember Wieners? Yeah. Well, you could get, for a $100, you could get three or four bags full of stuff. <laughs> cute stuff, too. They had some cute stuff. <laughs> Wieners was the bomb back in the day. Back in the 80s, Wieners was a bomb. You could get a whole lot of stuff. You had to dig through some of it, but you could come up with stuff. We got underwear, socks, shirts, pants, belts. We got we got everything he could need. And he got to pick out his own stuff, too. I helped him with some of it. And he wore stuff, some stuff, just because I asked him to. But um, So I took him and got him clothes, and I said, What's going on with your life? And he kind of told me a little bit that, that uh, he was his... Mother had left town to escape the drug nightmare that she was caught up in. And um, he and his brothers were living with his aunt because his grandmother had passed away. So he was living with his aunt, and her aunt's boyfriend was on uh, crack. And so um, the house turned into like a crack house. So when he began to explain this, my heart just went out to him. And how could I send him home? How could I send him home? Nobody cares about him. his, His aunt would drop him and his cousins and his brothers off at the store and would say... Go in and steal. If you want to eat, go steal what you're going to eat. And if you don't steal, huh, you don't eat. And he was the kind of person who didn't feel right about stealing, so he didn't steal. That's why he was so skinny. So how could I not take him home? How could how could I not? How could I send him home and not take him home? I didn't ask nobody. I just said, "Come on, you're going home with me." Amen. And uh, that was the happiest day of my life and his. He had his own room. We helped him with his homework. I took him to get a haircut, which was funny. I just I just took him to the to a hair salon. It was like a Vietnamese lady at a hair salon. I took him in. He's looking like, ma, I don't I don't know about this. I'm like, think I said, that's what he was telling me. I said, I'm not going to the hood. We're gonna go to the we're gonna go to the salon right here. This is good. I feel good. We're gonna go right here. So I took him into the into the little salon. I asked the lady, I said, "You can cut his hair, right?" She said, "I take cut his hair. I will take good care of his hair. I take good care. Come on, get the chair. I to cut your hair right now. Cut your hair." So he got he got in the chair. His eyes were going. She clipped she clipped his hair and cut his ear. She said, "Oh, little bit blood, little bit blood." He's like, "Little bit blood." So I eased him back in the chair and said, son, your hair's half cut. Let's, let's get back in the chair and let her finish at least. She won't cut your ear. She cut the other ear. She cut both ears. Bless my heart. I didn't know what I was doing, but I took him to the hood from there on out and we got <laughs> haircuts and I said, you got me, right? You got my back, right? He said, yeah, ma, I got you. <laughs> so we took him to the hood for his haircuts from then on out. but. But, you know, how could I not get involved in this life? And you know what a blessing that has been to me in my life? I was never able to have my own children. This child right here is mine. Amen. If you mess with him, I will kill you. <laughs> and vice versa. Can I get one amen? amen. Thank you. <laughs> no, but, I mean, that's the, the heart of compassion that moves you. That moves you to do something and get involved. Why? That's what Jesus would do. That's what Jesus wants me to do. If Jesus was standing right here, what would he do? Send a child back to the crack house? No! i might sent to rescue people that are hopeless and helpless and can't help themselves. That's what we're, that's what we're here for. This Samaritan, he got involved personally with his money, with, with, with whatever he had. Amen. And so that's, that's what we're supposed to do, but it's with, compassion. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them. Moved with compassion. Underline that. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. So Acts 10.38 says how Jesus was, uh, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy Spirit and with power. Who did what? Went about. Y'all got to preach better than that. He went about doing good he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with was with him you know there is more joy in being a blessing to someone who's hurting or hopeless than almost anything else you can do when you lay your head down and you know you helped someone really helped someone I tell you, there's no better joy or feeling than that that's why we're steering our ship that way That's why we're going that direction. I want us all involved in doing that. I want to hear y'all's stories of what you're doing. Just this, this past week on Wednesday, there were two young ladies, Yuri called me and he said, there's two girls who are sleeping on the sidewalk out front. He said, you want me to call the police? I'm like, Yuri. We got some work, we got some work to do on Yuri. He said, I was going to call the police pastor. I said, no, he's want me to run them off. No, it's, he thought it was a woman and her daughter. And that's really what it looked like at first. But look, no shoes. They're sleeping on a sidewalk right outside our church. I said, Yuri. Go out, go, go to the kitchen, to the pantry where y'all brought in Pop-Tarts and things like that. So get them some Pop-Tarts, get them some apple juice or something and take it out there to them. Don't you think they're probably hungry, thirsty? He said, yes, pastor. I said, well, okay, we'll go take them something. Tell them your pastor will be there about nine o'clock. I'll get there and I'll see if I can find them a shelter. Or find, I'll find out what's going on with them. And, and help them get somewhere. This time I thought it was a mother and a daughter. But it was two young ladies. So we, we had workers who came in. And I didn't tell you all about this. Ah, oh, so excited. <laughs> I had some workers who had come in to do the sheetrock next door. They 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 said they would come and do the sheetrock for us. For whatever love offering we could afford. So the sheetrock is being finished. It's It will be finished on Monday. The the electrician is coming to finish up his work. But this is them finishing up. So these were the workers who came. This little guy right here said, God told me to come do it for a love offering. Whatever you can afford just to come and do it. So I said, okay, let me feed y'all some barbecue. So I got barbecue. They were still out front. So I'm still trying to figure out what am I going to do. I'm looking for shelters, calling things and that kind of thing. So I, I ordered lunch and I got lunch for them as well. And so I set up the table back here for the workers to come over. I think Pastor Robert was here. Yuri was here. I was here. I think that's all of us that was here, right? Oh, you were here. Yes. Okay. So I, I said, ladies, y'all come on. Come in and get washed up and uh, come and eat, come sit down and eat lunch with us. So they wouldn't hardly make eye contact, nothing even remotely that looked like a smile on their face. They just looked like zombies. They came in, they got washed up. I said, y'all come come and sit down with us. I didn't have them sit somewhere else by themselves or feed them outside on the sidewalk like a dog. I said, come inside and sit down with us. So they sat down with us and they ate. And we talked about the things of the Lord. Those, those guys who were working were just, this is them before they left. <laughs> this is them before they left. <laughs> this is Ray and Alexis. So... You know, as they sit and listen to us, they sat and listened to us just talk about the things of the Lord. Oh, they're, they just began to jump in the conversation, make jokes with us. And then while we were waiting for Pastor Robert to get here, because we located a shelter, Pastor Robert being the angel that he is. He's always available, y'all. Give it up for Pastor Robert, because he's always able. Yuri calls him Black Superman. But he, come, he came with his car, and he was ready to take them all the way down to Montrose. First go to under the bridge to get their stuff. And then take them to the shelter on Montrose for teenagers where they help them get their driver's license, help them get a job, give them a place to stay. So um, while we were waiting for Pastor Robert to get here, I said, well, we're all through eating. I said, y'all y'all want to play cards? They're like, yeah. <laughs> they came to my office and we just played cards. And she said, can I play your Alexis, you know? Um, so she asked us to play country music and Ray was just jamming to the country music. And the, um, Alexis was sitting there coloring in one of my color books. They had a, a moment of just being normal. Just being peaceful, not worrying about anything. They've been, their tummies were full and somebody was genuinely loving on them. Y'all, that's what it's about. That's what we're supposed to be. What? Oh well, you know, I tell you, the love that comes back to me is that. Seeing that they're smiling. I got their phone numbers. I text them every single day. We've been texting several times all day long. No one finding out where they're going. When I have a moment, I can go over and check on them and see them. You know, that's what it's about. Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. You know, not all of the people that we see on the side of the road are just trying to scam somebody might genuinely have an issue. So we can't be hardened in our hearts and not get involved with somebody you might end up making a lifelong relationship. It'll be a blessing to you and to them. Okay, number five. And this is what I want to end with is that God blesses obedience. When we discipline ourselves to submit to his authority, he will bless us in ways we never even ma- imagine. Isaiah 119, if you're willing and you will eat the good of the land. Joshua eight: do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do Obey everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Amen. Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 8 and 10 through 14. If you listen, what? Obediently Obediently to the voice of God, your God, and heartily. Come on, say that word. Heartily obey all his commandments that I command you today. God, your God, will place you high. High above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come down on you and spread out beyond you because you have responded to the voice of God. 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 God. Because you have responded... To the voice of God, your God, God's blessing inside the city, God's blessing in the country, God's blessing on your children, the crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks. God's blessing on your basket and your bone, your food will even be blessed. God's blessing on your coming in. God's blessing on your going out. God will defeat your enemies who attack you. They'll come at you on one road and run away on seven roads. God will order a blessing on your barns and your work. Places he'll bless you in the land that God, your God, is giving you. All the peoples on earth will see you living under the name of the of God and hold you in respectful awe. God will lavish you with good things. Children from your womb, come on, that's good news for somebody who's believing God for a baby today. Offspring from your animals and crops from your land. This is a, see back then they lived. It was all about the crops and the herds, but it's about the things that matter to you: your house, your neighborhood, your job your co-workers, your your promotion, those types of things. He's going to bless you in all of those. And the land that God promised your ancestors, He would give you. God will throw open the doors of His sky vaults and pour rain on your land on schedule and bless the work you take in hand. You will lend to many nations, but you yourself won't have to take out a loan. God will make you the head and not the tail. You'll always be the top dog and never the bottom dog. He said, I'll make you above only and not beneath. Hallelujah. As you obediently listen to and diligently keep the commands of God your God that I am commanding you today, don't swerve an inch to the right or to the left. Hallelujah. God blesses our obedience. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your voice, for the Holy Spirit leading us into good things, for your Holy Spirit leading us with a heart of compassion to get involved in people's lives and and to do those things that you predestined and preordained that we would do, that you anointed and appointed us to do, the fruit that you called us to bear, Lord God, and even greater fruits, Lord. We just thank you. That, that we are hearing your voice and we are walking into all these good things that you prepared for us. Lord, we just thank you that as this week as we go forward, that you give us divine appointments with people that, Lord, we should, we should have compassion on. That we should get involved with. That we should help. That we should invite them to church. That we, we, we should give them a bottle of water or bring them a meal or ba- bake them a cookie or, or whatever you want us to do, Lord, that just shows that you care. God, let us be your hands extended. We know that it's not you not talking, it's us not hearing. So we declare, everybody just place your hands on your ears right now. Say, I declare that I have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Lay your hands on your eyes. Say, I declare that I have eyes to see what the Spirit of the Lord is doing. Amen. Father, I thank you that we will obey. We declare our eyes and our ears are open. And as you speak, we will hear and we will obey. We will step out and be your hand extended. Thank you, Father God. And the blessings that return to our life, God, we're just we we excited about that. But the greatest blessing is to see people smile, Amen. to see people change, to see the Uries of our church and the Uries of this world come up to another level and to be full of joy and, and to just actually just just come out of almost like being dead. To being alive again. God, we rejoice in that. We know that's why we're here. That's why we're here. And you, you want to do that through us and in us and for us, God. So we receive it and we say that we, we say yes, sir. Can you just give God a yes, sir, this morning? Can you just wave your hand before him and say, Lord, I surrender. I say yes, sir. Whatever you'd have me do, I say yes. You want me to talk to that person in the elevator? You want me to talk to that person in the produce section? You want me to talk to that person in the parking lot? That person in the post office? That person at the bank? You want me to talk to somebody on the jogging trail? God, I will, I will obey and do what you say. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I believe I know everybody in here is saved. I believe I know everybody... Everybody in here knows Jesus as their Lord. I'm looking through. I know everybody is saved in here. I believe. Anybody in here is n- everybody in here is saved? Raise your hand if you're saved. If you know Jesus, Jesus is living big in your heart, you're saved. You believe? Okay, everybody saved. Praise God! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Can we give God some praise because everybody saved? <laughs> All <right. laughs> Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Well, it's offering time. Woo! Praise God! This is the time where we give big. Cause we got a big, uh, uh, project next door. Can, let's show the pictures again of the progress that's happening next door. Can we show that? I don't know what I'm seeing. Okay. So they got the sheetrock up. We still, um, we're, we, we, uh, we still need to give them something. And, uh, Murray and I were talking about it cause he said, whatever your love offering is, we feel like we want to give them a thousand dollars for three days. Hanging sheetrock, it would it would have cost us probably five grand to get them to come in and do that if we were paying them if they were giving us a bid. But we we're we're going to do it for a, we're going to give them a thousand dollars. He said just do it for a love offering, whatever your your church can afford. And I believe that we can that we can give them a thousand dollar offering. So we we have to give the seven hundred we received last week. We got to give that to the um, electrician. And uh, we also need to buy some more supplies for the electricians. It's probably going to cost about five hundred dollars. So we need an extra fifteen hundred dollars this week. Ain't no money, is it? Say that it ain't no money. <laughs> we got it. We got this, right? Okay. So with our regular tithes and offerings, we give that. But then also we need to give. We need to give good this morning. Amen. Last week we raised like we, was, we were trying to raise seven hundred. We ended up raising what eight hundred. Like 850 something like that? You can give through the Acceleration Church app. Give cash. Put an extra zero in my offer. It scared me for a second. <laughs> the Lord don't want me to write a high check. <laughs> Amen. All right.
1: <laughs> what, did you do, what?
0: No, it's not going to bounce. No, I almost put an extra zero in there. I had to go quick. Let me hit delete and not send. <laughs> All right. Y'all ready? Amen. Ready to give this morning? Y'all give extra. Give so we can. Yes. Get our sanctuary built. We're so close. We are so close. All right, y'all. Come on. Boy, when the spirit lifts, when I walk out here, it's like. Whoo. <laughs> here we go. Come on. Father in Jesus day. Today is the dawning of a new day. I declare that favor and wisdom for promotion is mine now. You are opening doors for me that no man can shut. Thank you, Father, for watching over your word to perform it in my life. It's causing my life to prosper. I'm in anticipation of the good things you have prepared for me. I am blessed to be a blessing, so as I increase more and more... Father, open my eyes to see ways that I may bless others. I'll be quick to see the need and respond to your voice. Because you have planted Acceleration Church here, come on, say it. Humble Texas is experiencing revival. I decree that the Spirit of God is drawing multitudes here from the north, south, east, and west. People are responding to your presence, power, and purpose for their lives. We declare that people of all ages, backgrounds, and ethnicities are being impacted forever. In Jesus' name, come on, shout amen. Amen. All right, stay seated while the ushers are...